Welcome to Talk Show on the Go. I'm Sunder Prunquist, your host, and I'm here with Stacy Taylor, the one and only Stacy Taylor from the Straight Jacket Comedy Tour. Stacy, we're back together again. Back together again, like uh, peaches and herbs. Reunited, and it feels is so that gonna good. cost us any money? That's okay, all I want to know. That's all I did was six seconds. Well, it was That's horrible. It was, it was, I got it was horrible. I didn't sound like the real song, so nobody even know what it is. But I look like her, obviously, from this new 80s hair I got going. I'm trying to oh. get myself into this. Uh, do I look do I look more ethnic? Uh, not yet. You look more uh, unique. Well, what are you trying to say, man? Because it was your girl who cornrowed my hair at your show. But still at the unique. Sugar it's still unique. It's unique. It's like you got your own look now. You I do, I mean? right? That's, and that's the key to it. You want to have your own look, your own persona, per se. You want to be known for something. Yeah. You know, so you're known for. Being funny doesn't count. No, being funny doesn't I've got to use my you hair now. something else. It's amazing. I'm going to tell you what else is amazing. I was here during the Boston, not the, uh, not the Boston, I was here during the marathon. They had the LA marathon. And uh, I had a young lady come in here, blonde, blue-eyed, mean, just mean, already in a bad mood. I said, how are you? I'm ready to go. That's how I'm doing. And she has a tattoo on her arm. And I said, what's your name? And she says, Hannah. No, she says, Hannah, like that. And I go, oh, Hannah. And she says, Hannah. And I said, are you Jewish? And she says, so? I have a tattoo, and I'm not really Jewish anyway. <laughs> and she goes to this whole thing, and this good-looking guy comes up, and I'm like, she's with Tay Diggs, right? So then I'm like, that's racist of me to think that this guy is. But he has to be an actor or somebody because he had this energy about him. And he comes up to me, and he says, wow, you've got this comedy thing here. And Hannah says, let's go. She is acting like a black woman, okay? Mm. Okay, so I'm like, okay. the white woman trying to be black. Okay, and Ooh, I'm like, goodness. okay, something's going on here. He says, hey, let me ask you something. He says, I have a brother who's getting out of jail soon. And I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that about your brother. He goes, no, no, he's a brother, he's a friend of mine. He says, and I just got out of jail myself a few weeks ago. And you don't know if people are telling you the truth, and you don't know if it's you know, bull because it's L.A., but I knew he was telling the truth, and I realized that that girl was in trouble mm -hmm. and that he was helping her. Now, I know you're going to say, what's the connection with Stacy and this whole story? But he told me about this guy that was getting out. If they could get the money together, would I be afraid to teach him? And I said, I'm not afraid of a lot of things. I don't think I'll be afraid. And I had him come on in, gave him a discount, because, you know, that's what we do. And I want to tell you something. Since the day that Stacy Taylor walked in my life, so many other things have come my way. So open your life to people. Open your heart to people. This gentleman, just 25 years ago, wouldn't be sitting here like this. He would be sitting like this, hoping that his toes didn't hit somebody. Mm -hmm. He has rules for jail that he can tell you. Start out with them. Uh, number one. Rules in prison is don't sit on no man's bunk and don't ask no man for no favors in prison. <laughs> Them the rules. Number two rules. Don't don't you're good up until you do that there. What was remarkable about Stacy that I found is that he was able to just connect with the audience immediately. I'm talking about the audience here at the LA School of Comedy where he told his story, and the only thing I cared about is if he killed somebody. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I asked. I said, Did you kill somebody? And 
it's funny because I came down on him so hard where people were like, you know, this guy just got out of jail. Maybe you should back off. And I was like, no, no, because he's going on stage and he's going to make a difference. And I'm going to tell you how things happen. I'm at a show and Michael Ovitz happens to be at this show. And Michael Ovitz, late night television. I've never met this man. He says, I've never heard of you. I've never seen you. And I'm kind of insulted. I didn't know who he was to talk to me like that. And he says, I'm Michael Ovitz. I was like, oh, my God. Cut to the chase. Life happens. And so I had the pleasure of working with Peter Lowy, who eventually sold the Westfield malls here and all across the country. And he became not only the producer, but a performer in a show that people would have never given him the chance to do in the first few months of his stand-up comedy career. No one would have ever given him that chance. That's how I feel. We changed the last name to Drysdale. We all signed off on a non-disclosure agreement. We all kept our mouths shut. And then it hit the cover of the Australian Times and there was no need because it was already out. But yeah. still, we didn't say anything because I'm going to tell you what he did for my Stacey. Apparently. He gave him a stipend. I didn't know what a stipend was when I first him. heard it. I said, he said, I'm going to give you a stipend. I said, well, white person giving me something <laughs> must be good. <laughs> I Googled it. What is a stipend? Give and you some stipend, money. I said, oh, yeah. I need this money. I need more white friends, too. To give yes. me more stipends. Absolutely more stipends. <laughs> but we're doing better than stipends. We're talking about a man who's gone from jail to producing his own shows and seeing what goes on beyond the scenes. Right away, he went from prison on a tour that took him to Reno, Tahoe, New York, Vegas, Chicago. We did it. Shows at Stand Up New York and where I started. Don't don't tell tell Mama. Mama. That was hot. That was hot. hot. All of our shows were hot. One of the reasons Stacy is special to me is that this is one of the first times you're talking after the death of my brother. So I have I had a little brother. Uh, Jamar, that I was always driving crazy. Mm. And I think I just pushed it right on to Stacy mm. for no reason. <laughs> I started nagging. The man's out of jail, yeah. all right? And I'm in his face. Yeah. In his face. I'm like, let me tell you this. I'm not afraid of you, okay? I got enough stuff going on. Yeah. And I would call him Jason all the time. Yeah. When I was angry, I would yeah. call you Jason. And he didn't, he's the only comedian, I believe, in my life that knows these are not made up stories yeah. about having about being who I am. Being yeah. a Swedish and black redneck Jew is real. He's met my Irish sister. Met him. Met him. Met the whole family. The whole family. Blown away. Then there's a whole black side of the family, blacker than me. I said, look at this here. Who would have thought? And they're my blood relatives. Yes. And my Aunt Barbara, my bougie aunt, I can say that because she's not watching and I she probably won't. She no, met my Aunt Barbara, who said watch. she does not like stand-up comedy, <laughs> but. She loved me. She did. She did. She loved him. Oh my God! She was making faces at people on yeah, stage. She was right on stage. She she was she was. If she could have killed Peter with her face, she he'd have been dead right now. Right then. Yes. It I been was like, oh my God. Already and everything. He was. I was like, you can't make faces. And then my daughter on one of Peter's jokes. Let me tell you something. She says to me, he was the funniest one. She says this naturally. Yeah. She keeps telling his joke about the blind man. The blind date. Yeah, so the he blind had, date. he loves Blinding. this joke yeah, and he Blinding. he would do it. And the reason why we're talking about these people is because they're such an integral part of why we are still together today. The producer who put this together, this show, is Ray Bruni, who is the creator, the king of daytime television yes, out here. Good guy. Worked with Merv Griffin till the very end. He is still working. 
And he put this show together and had us do things that normally we wouldn't be doing. Stacy, give them some examples of what we had to go through just for fun, for content. They rode on some horses. We went some some uh, simulating skydiving. Uh, uh, what's that? Uh, uh, we were the, doing cranes. What's, what's the thing you ride around on? Tractors. No, not the tractors. The little... Uh, when they threw like you in the go crossing, you roll on them. I don't understand what I'm thinking. Oh my about. God, the ones what you stand on. Yeah, the ones you stand on. What's you throwing at us? You know the thing that they roll on. Segway. That's Segway. what. Yeah. Oh, it was scary, was but it was fantastic. fun. I, I learned it. It was great. I was zooming up and down all by the Washington, uh, by the uh, White House. It was beautiful. Oh my God, it was beautiful. I, I, I was looking by the White House. Criminal. I'm on parole by the White House. And you know something? You were never a criminal. When it came to comedy. Oh, no, no. I had fun in comedy. It was so and I fun. believe that I took you in because I knew that it had to be something that helped you survive. Well, you know, energy, energy is key to life. You know, people pick up on each other's energy. So I think that's what it was. I felt your energy. You felt my energy. He was like, okay, whatever he didn't been through, he didn't been through it. But he's somebody who he's saying he is today right now. And you believe that. And we went on. We had a ball. We had fun. I want to know what was your first impression, though, when you oh, heard. Oh, I know he was crazy. But my mama was crazy. So I was like, this lady's crazy. It's like my mama. You know what I'm saying? So, you, you know, she's crazy. I mean, she's got you got to know how to deal with craziness. It's, it's, it takes a special kind of person to deal with a crazy person. You know what I mean? So I, I was born that way. My mama was literally crazy. I'm telling you. Ooh, and, Jesus. And, and, you know, it's always a black woman that takes care of their black men. Right on, not, it not, happens. Not, and so. I treated him like a brother, and I mean, me treated right him. Gave me yes, love. I did. Paid my bills. Shit, what you mean? Yes, gave me a vehicle. I gave you love. That's real love. Shit. And you want to hear something? He puts me on in the black shows. Why I, I can't get on these shows huh. where I started is huh. on the Chitlin Circuit, which yeah. is so funny because we need more black females that are able to do things other than say, you know, I got to have a guy with good credit. It's enough. Yes. yes. It's enough. We have so many black female comedians out there that you guys don't even know about that now Not he's no. producing. And you see, a lot of people don't realize this, but a lot of comedy comes from pain. I'm working no, on a no. one-person show. And when you think about all these people who have cried molestation, they've screamed, uh, I've been touched, I've been touched inappropriately. Child Only abuse, been beat, whatever, yes. It, yeah. And it comes from that. It comes from home and just today, we were just speaking, just off the top. And he, meaning Stacy, revealed something to me that I believe is integral and in why these gangs exist. Because as we have said in the past shows with gang members, this is the family they don't have. Right. Tell us how things changed for you at seven. Well, you know, at seven, uh, my, my mother and my father broke up. And so, uh, short of things, you know, he left me on the porch too many times and <laughs> told me he was coming to get me didn't show up and that really took a toll on me as a child because I didn't know how to deal with that you know it was like my world had been shattered from what my normal existence was from that I can remember to at that time a date so that kind of you know wreaked havoc on me as a child and it was like now I'm looking for attention because I'm mad I'm bitter I'm feeling like I'm being rejected abandoned and then you know in them days you know wasn't no therapy or nothing you know you go to your parents hey Oh, my daddy didn't show up. I don't want to hear about that mother. Get over it. I told you. <laughs> yeah, tell me about that I told you. Your daddy ain't shit. I'm about a nigga didn't show up. Get the fuck away. You know what I'm so, you Get know, over it. Yeah, so as a child at seven, trying to process that, you don't know how. And it takes a toll on you, you know, throughout the years because it's like, it's like, okay, well, I'm going I'm to make somebody mad because I'm mad. So let me go piss somebody else off, you know what I mean? Because I need some attention. 
because I'm feeling, you know, that. So you have it. You be, believe it's a domino effect. Oh, no, it's, it's for sure a domino effect. It's, 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 it's exactly what it is. And so, like, uh, for me, the greatest thing for me was to understand it, you know, because at first I just thought this was normal. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I thought everything I was going through in life was normal. You know what I mean? I, I didn't think I didn't see nothing out of the ordinary of what I was going through until I had to go to prison with a life sentence sit down and figure out myself. And when I start finding myself, I was like, wow, this at seven affected me so bad that throughout my rest of my life from seven to the time they took me to prison, I was a hurt little boy who grew up to be a hurt young man who was wreaking havoc and chaos in society because my daddy left me on the porch too many times. You know. And when I mean? you're a kid, it's really hard to find a family that has, you know, in the black community, in the Latin communities, it's the same. Yeah. There's just not two parents. No, it's not. You know, so that's why we have to. So that to, gang was like the family to me. It was like. That's the, what we the, want to hear. The more I uh, fucked up in the streets, the more I had praise and accolades that came from my, you know, misbehavior. So it was like I was accepted. Oh, I'm accepted And being here. rewarded. Yeah, I'm rewarded. I'm accepted here. Well, you did what? Oh, man, my, you know, come on in. Smoke something. Drink something. Put the money in the nigga pocket. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, okay, the more, you know, trouble and havoc I wreak on society, these people love me over here for this here. You know what I mean? So I, you, 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 it's like feeding the beast. You know what I mean? So for me, it was like feeding me. And I was like, I needed to be fed. I'm real high on people, you know, speaking my name and you know so it was like okay so what what i got to do to be be, be spoke on oh so we doing this okay i'm into that then oh so now we, we selling drugs and so for me drugs was like the thing drugs was it's like quick money because not only was it quick money the notoriety that came along with it and i was good at it so at 11 i was selling drugs i was in the drug business at 11 years old i was and it's I was, easy to get into it. At 11, I, I was the guy, I was the 11-year-old bull who sat in the car with the big dope man with the bunch of dope in the trunk with our seatbelts on, and we picked it up, and we drove it right back home. I was a good front for him. Looked like father and son in the car. Get the job done. You know what I mean? We, <laughs> look, as a father and his son driving down the streets of L.A. Seatbelts on, you know what I mean? Doing it Here's right. a father. No, he's not a father. He's my drug partner. You know what I'm saying? You know, we got to... Trunk full of drugs, but let me tell you, this is the funny part about how it all happened. This is our, this is the funny part. I used to wash his car and cut his grass because I was I was a little hustler kid in the neighborhood, right? So one day he said, "Hey man, take a ride with me." I said, "Okay, I ride with you, shit. You my partner, you know what I mean?" So we get, I get in the car, we roll, and we pull up over this guy house. And the guy house he, we pull up over is a big drug dealer, and I know I know the dude from just being. In the neighborhood, right. I know his name. Oh, that's that's the man. What are you pulling up over here talking to the man for? You know what I'm saying? You know, that's what I, you know, I'm 11. I know what's going on. I ain't slow like that. So he, they talk, and I see a big old suitcase, and trunk open up, and he puts the suitcase in the trunk, and we get in the car. Now it's like, put your seatbelt on. Oh. Now, back then, wearing a seatbelt wasn't even a law. But if you wore it, you looked at more, you know. Like, you yeah. know, you looked at more, you know. Legit. You know, legit, you know what I mean? Right. So. The seatbelt on, I said, oh, God, he, he done ran a play. I'm, I'm 11, I know what's going on. I, I know he done ran a play, you know what I mean? The play is like, you done put some dope in the car, We, I'm We're driving, you done used me as a front, we looking like father and son in the car, 
okay, maybe he, he I know he's gonna give me some money. You know what I mean? So we get there, he get hey, he get looking at our stage, man. He don't give me no money. So I'm, I'm kind of pissed off. I'm a little peeved. I ain't gonna lie. You know, I learned that from white people now. Peeved, you know, it's a different word. <laughs> so listen, uh the next time, about three, two, two, three days later, say, hey, man, take a ride with me. Man. I said, okay, I'll take a ride with you. We do the same thing again. Put the seatbelts back on. Let me put the dope in the trunk. We riding back. We pull up. He said, all right, good luck. I said, hold on, man, hold up. I'm 11 now. Keep this in mind. I said, man, that ain't cool. He said, what ain't cool, Stacy? I said, man, you've been using me as a prop, and you ain't giving me no money. He said, you right, man. My bad. Good said, for you. I said, my bad. He, he said, he said, he said well, let me give you something, man. So he gave me something for the ride. I said, okay, this is for this one. What about the last one you didn't pay me on? <laughs> Good for you. Yes. And that's all he said, you know what? And that's how I became a drug dealer. That that was it. That that's the meeting meeting. That's the minute me into the world of drugs. He was like, you know what? I like you. And from that point on, he taught me everything I need to know about the drug game. And you know, that's why I was mentioning to you, they're going to be doing a storytelling night here uh, at the Ellie School of Comedy. And although you have jokes and you have setups and you have punchlines. Yeah. You have a story that needs to be told, Thank and you are a public speaker. Thank Once you. you went on that stage, you became a public speaker. Once you began telling us about your journey, we know there's more. What up? It's a lot more. It's a lot, it's a lot and a lot. natural comedian. I mean, where is this brother? This is what I want to get to. Nobody comes into my life for no reason. It just doesn't happen like that. So what are the odds that a stranger comes to me with a Jewish chick that's very angry about being Jewish. And then I see her that Hanukkah and I tell her that she's a mitzvah maker and how she changed your life. <laughs> she changed your life. And listen, she's not a Hanukkah party. She yeah. supposedly hates being Jewish, but yeah. she's there. Yeah. And a lot of money. She's smart. No, no, <laughs> she's in rehab. Okay, wow. Oh, yes, because that's the, uh, the transitional spot. Right, Without but I didn't know about that yes, until you spot. told me. Yes, so here's a brother that's helping this chick out who's in a transitional spot. And he's in a transitional spot. He just got oh, out of prison himself. He just got out of prison himself. He had a life sentence. So, right, he had gotten out of prison. He had got out of prison. But she hadn't been in prison unless it was for possession. Yeah, yeah, he had just got out. Well, the only thing I'm saying is this. When I looked at the way he was protecting this girl, and she was giving it to him, let mm. me tell you, like a real, I said, she's so Jewish. Yeah. Trying not to be, all right? But she was like, let's go now. Mm -hmm. bah, 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 bah. I run into her again at a Hanukkah party. When I told her this, she was like, really? I said, man, you changed his life. Like, thank you for letting whatever his name was stay. Jamal. Jamal. Mm -hmm. Thank you for letting him talk to me. Yeah. You know, he's like, so if we come back, if he comes here with money, mm -hmm. you're going to let him work. And I was like, yeah, and I'll give you a break. And I did. And... You have to give somebody a break to get a break. You have to give somebody a break to catch a break. You got to give back to society. And here I've got- Paying it for it. I've got an idiot in this class telling me, well, if he comes back, he says, I want you to know that I'm not gonna take this class. And I said to myself, you were never going to take this class because this is your second time here and no, the money's not in Venmo. So you can't listen to everything that everyone says. However, what we have for Stacy, which is gonna be fantastic is that we have this whole concept with Andre Merritt. Andre Merritt is a three-time Grammy writer for Rihanna and for Chris Brown and all the Chris's and everybody. Mm -hmm. And he wants to do something in the community to help these kids stay out of jail. He was born in Compton. Mm -hmm. 
his father away. Stacy introduced me to a woman, Rashonda. Forgive me, did I say it correctly? You said it right. Rashonda, who is putting together buses that take kids to see their fathers in jail because you still got to keep it together so they're not waiting on the front porch so that then they get attention from somebody who says if you wear this color and we beat you up and you can stand the punch you're one of us now i could be doing it wrong but maybe you can straighten me out on this but she's doing a real mitzvah man you know fathers you know having having a father in the child's life is you know very uh instrumental you know what i mean whether in jail or on the street or whatever, because it's a it's, it's a bond, you know, and when it's not there, it's broken. So when that bond is broken, it allows for other people, uh, you know, your kids to uh, look up to other people or get trapped and, you know, admire other people or whatever the case may be. So it's, you know, you know the mother and the father role, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's intricate to a society because it, it was formed in purpose, you know, for that reason. And it's, and, and it's, it's meant to have. So without it, it's broken. So it allows you know, somebody to come in that could be foolish and take a child. Like for me, for instance, you know, my partner at that time thought he was doing me a great justice, teaching me the dope game. You know what I mean? But right, and it was at 11 years old. Right. But now it's like, no, you was not doing a 11 year old child no good ever. You know what I mean? Teaching him how to sell drugs, push drugs. Well, you know, but at that time I thought it was a good, because you know, this was my ticket out of the ghetto. This is my, you know, this is, you know, without no other way, I could have no money because at 11, my mind had been tainted. You know what I mean? Why would I, you know, cause listen, I go to work now. You could have never told me I would work at a job. Evan, I'm not finna go work for no, I'm looking for $15, $16 an hour. I can go sell some crack, you know, right now, get a $100 sale. And I'm, you know, so that was my mentality. Never would I work. But now it's like but Let me tell you, it's freedom. changed because he's oh, coming freedom. out. Freedom, to freedom. do a spot for us at freedom. the Ha Ha Comedy Club on freedom March 16th. I believe that's the date. Now, let me tell you something. I have to ask you this honestly because mm-hmm. I'm a little rough around the edges, okay. but you're okay with it. But in comedy, people say you can't teach people to be funny. I just say that people tell you you're funny. You probably are. And I, I just knew he'd be funny, man. Like immediately when he started telling his story, I had already started editing it down. <laughs> I had already, did I not? Yeah. We came up with that. You did that. How fast did we put that together? Real fast. Real, and he listened to direction. And that's what I appreciated because I said to him, you will understand something. That when your own people come around, you're going to come out and say something different because you're trying to please them. You know, it's like, it just happens. It just happens. There was a time because of some idiot. What's his name from Seinfeld that played Kramer? Uh, Richard, Michael Richards. Michael Richards. Because he decides that he's going to say 50 years ago we would have turned you upside down with pitchfork in your ass, it. nigger. Oh, he lost it that day. He lost it. And you want to know the truth behind that story? He because Marino it. called me. Mike Marino called me and said, hey, listen. He says, son, were you there tonight? Did you stay later after the show? I said, no, I had to go. I said, I'm tired of him playing games. Michael Richards was doing things to me personally. Like, don't bring me up as Michael Richards. Bring me up as Zebo or Zabo. He would change his name. And then they were telling me he's in the bathroom doing yoga. And like, now I look like the MC who doesn't have it together. And I thought it was a racist thing from the beginning, from the get. But nobody ever thinks that I can think that way, Stacey. Hmm. Why? Why can't I ever be perceived as that black woman? Too light-skinned. Your hair is too curly. Your eyes are too colorful. So they write you off. <laughs> so why didn't you? 
<laughs> I, I, you got to give people chances in life. Like, I, I believe me. I believe in chances, so I understand. So now that you see my family, you believe me? nobody off. This is not a yeah. joke. Do you know how many comedians since me have be suddenly become Jewish and yeah. doing stand-up comedy? The women, have you noticed, out of nowhere? Yes. It's not an act. He knows. It's for real. He knows the kids. He knows the black side, knows my brother, God rest his soul. And it was so nice that you became close to him, yeah, by the cool. way. We talk all the time on Facebook all the time. I mean, and he, my brother gets a commercial for a beard. He got a hell of a beard, too. I wish I could grow mine like I mean, that. he gets a commercial for beard. the same fertilizer he's been eating. <laughs> Please, he ate a lot. I fed him a lot. Oh, my God. And all I could do is call Stacey. I just kept saying, my, my little brother died. I just kept saying, I was just I freaking could, out. I just talked to him like two days before. We was just talking. We just talked two days like before that. We were just in an inbox bullshitting around. Yeah. Can you imagine what he went through then growing up with me as a sister and me not understanding why he was getting these fights? I said to him, I'm not white. Who said that? They were coming at him. They were coming for him. He was a good dude. He was a good dude, definitely. We had a good time. He, uh... We had fun in New York. Yes, we did. The whole family, the whole mishpucha came. Both sides came, all right? And my sister and my brother got along just fine. Everybody got, but Stacy met the entire cast of characters. Yeah, we had fun. And uh, you wouldn't believe it, I guess, if you unless you saw it, right? Yeah, you had got to see it. It's got to be seen. You'd be like, what? Uh, they all came together. You'd be like, oh, this is my friend. Hold on. She's blacker than me. She's whiter than white. <laughs> <laughs> so, hold on. How could this happen? Because it's not an no, act. No, it's not an act. Whatever. And the truest things come out. You know, I want to do something about you know, like find your abuser because so many people, stuff has happened to kids that they've either buried in the back of their minds, forgot who they played horsey with. Well, let me tell you something. Now that all this stuff is coming out, a lot of it, I just want to say, I don't know how you've been raped so many times by the same guy. Like how you manage to get in a cab and go somewhere and be raped. That's all I'm saying. In defense of women, I get it. You're trying to hold on to a job. So just be like, he used his power for me to keep my job. I just don't know about this Me Too movement. But Stacy brought something up that was very powerful. There was a time when you were able to have freedom in comedy. Continue on that. Yeah, you, it was a time, you know, comedy now is real sensitive because the world has, like, changed so much. And so things you could say, back then you can't say no more. So, like, a lot of the greats is great because the content they use, there was no limit to it. You know what I mean? It was like wide open. Nobody was sensitive. Nobody was in their feelings. And if they was, they had to keep it to themselves. But now it's like, you know, we got social media now. So it's like that one person that's sensitive, he can put something out there in social media and generate a spark with it. And then next thing you know, you know, you're Gail King. <laughs> Speaking of the Gail King, I wanted just to. Next thing you know, you Gail King. We never know, you know how these You went from open best up. friend to Gail King. Ain't right. that something special? Now, we're going to go over that story briefly, and I want to hear your take on it because not everyone, and this may not be an evergreen show. So yeah. let's just hear your take on what happened. Well, uh, my take on it was that it should have never been brought up. I don't understand why. If she's talking to Lisa Leslie about Kobe Bryant and their relationship or whatever, how could that even come up into the conversation? Then she's a journalist. She's a professional journalist. So she's prepared these questions prior 
Exactly. To this interview, because he's a professional journalist. I'm a comedian. I prepare, prepare my jokes before I get to the stage. I don't wait to get to the stage and say, ah, oh, let me figure out a joke I'm going to tell. No. You see what I'm saying? So she's a professional journalist, so she had these questions prepared. I'm going to ask this, I'm going to ask this, I'm going to ask this, I'm going to ask So how in the process of you thinking of asking somebody some questions about Kobe Bryant, of all the things you've been done, that you find your way to talk this, about that unspeakable act you know, that he was never charged with, never by the charged way. charged with, and then, you know, she had two, three different semens up in her at the same time, you know, so what that means, you know. It's, it's horrible. You, know? so, you, one mean, thing, you, you mean the victim? You the mean victim, the victim? The victim? Uh, well, I, I can we call her a victim? She never was charged. She the, uh, but it should not have, the incident yeah. should not have been brought up. It should have not, I don't understand why she would bring it up. And then I get it because it's like Oprah and uh, Gail now, they kind of have like a sense of like attacking, you know, certain brothers who was a. Really? A yes, they have a. You feel that have, way? I know, because look, look at uh, Oprah just did a whole thing with Russell Simmons. About all the, the accusers that, you know, accused him or whatever. But she ain't did nothing about Harvey Weinstein. She ain't said nothing about Kevin Spacey. But why are you picking the brothers apart, you and Gail, when there's a whole lot of other people with some serious allegations? Harvey Weinstein, what, what, all the women he got saying he didn't touch them, nobody said. They, they put a documentary out on R. Kelly already. Why we didn't put a documentary out on? Harvey Weinstein. Let's talk to these women. Let's hear their stories. Let's, you know, let's. So, but Oprah Winfrey decided, oh, I'm going to go after Russell Simmons as opposed to Kevin Spacey, Harvey Weinstein. Now, why do you think that is? You think because of the. That was me. So you think there's more stories about Harvey Weinstein that have been smothered when it well, comes to... Well, it says to like 80-something women that, has, that had something to say about him, so... Why do you think that she was coming up after Simmons? Why do you think she's coming up, you know, going after him? I, you know, I, 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 I can't get it, but it's like we, we tend to, this, you know, as black folks from my 48 years of existence of living, is that we tend to go after our own... You know what I mean? So how come you can say it and I can't? Well, you know, crabs I'm, in a barrel, right? I'm, I'm a lot darker than you, so I, you know, certain things I can say you can't. Say. Isn't that just ridiculous? <laughs> Ain't it? It really is. It really when it is. really it is. is. But you know the funny part about it: black folks is the most racist people in, in, ever. Ever. We don't like our own people. So we like, okay, he's too light skinned. And he's not. I don't cut him off. You know, a little bit too dark. <laughs> cut him off. <laughs> so like, and you want to hear something? Yeah. I don't see. And when I say, it's because I can't see it because yeah. I am it. So I can't have someone tell me you don't know what it's like to be black mm. and stop by the cops. Oh, yes, I do, mm. because I'm beige, okay? Yeah. And beige people get stopped, too. At least you're not orange. All right? Donald oh. Trump is orange. No, yeah. dude. <laughs> I'm orange in the summer when I go down the Jersey really? Shore because I know how to. I don't know. You know what? I'm really glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought up two essential things, three essential things today. He agrees that the fracture of the family causes wreaking havoc on the world without a doubt making your kid wait breaking promises to kids means they can't trust anybody 
if they can't trust their own blood, they can't trust anybody, and then they whom they trust who are not blood that give them the love, the accolades, the attention, these are not the crowd they're supposed to be with, but they right. fall in it. And then you just said something amazing because most people will not talk about Gail King, whose show I've been on, yeah. or Oprah, and I've been on one of her shows as well. I'm very proud of, you know, black women in the media. Well, me too. But for you to point that out, that's deep, man. No, I mean it is, because I mean it's a whole lot. It's a whole lot of things that other that's people have deep, done. Deep, what you just said. But instead of going out there, other people, you decide to go out to young. After you didn't sit with Russell Simmons on many occasions, with great history Basking. with him. Yes, great history. Why would you go after him? Why would you be the person? Right. Let's you of all. Why? Why you? Why not go after somebody else? You got a lot of money. You got a whole network. You know what I mean? Why not? Why not talk to Harvey Weinstein's accusers? Why not talk to Kevin Spacey's young boys that say he touched them and accused them or whatever? Let's, let's put a documentary out on that. I am so enthralled that you pointed that out because yes. I'm sure that not many people would have seen that. I see that. I see it. I really do. I'm sure they've touched on everything else. Although I will tell yeah. you, when you do Gail's radio show, she does not want pictures. But we, we did a great show, even though I didn't really want to talk about it. But you know what she did that was interesting? She was the only one that mentioned how hurtful it must have been for me at my mother-in-law's expense to be sued like that because of the color of my skin. Like she went right, you know what she did? She's the only one that did an interview that said, it, ha it has to be more than that. And it was the first time that I revealed that somebody called my baby Kunta Kinte wow. at a temple. Yeah. Like, man, I want to hit somebody. Yeah, I bet you did. Can you imagine? Somebody says, let me take a look at little Kunta Kinte. Definitely some. Yeah. Other racist people, yes. I mean, come on. Yes. You imagine yes. this is happening yes, sir. to yes, me? Sir. Yes, sir. I can then imagine. this one guy says to me, I don't know if you know me, he goes, I'm so so Tannenbaum, and uh, you must be the one they're talking about. So I introduced myself. I'm like, hi, I'm Sunder Kronquist. And he goes, I don't care what they say. It looks like, you know, you're stupid, Mark, pretty good. I'm not mm -hmm. going to use the word. And I, and I was like, what? Mm -hmm. And he repeated himself. Yeah. Then his wife gets in my face. Wow. This is at a bat mitzvah and says, I don't think you know who I am. But so-and-so Tannenbaum is my husband, and your mother-in-law came into my face and said something that was untrue, and da-da-da. And I was like, who are these people calling my baby Kunta Kinte, mm. telling me that I'm screwing this? I mean, like, who talks like this? And she was the only one that said, it has to be more than just a joke behind why you were sued. And I was like, yeah, because she was outed. But it was interesting that she was the that she went for that. Yeah. You know, she went for that where all the white news people did not do that. Yeah. They just went for the guffaws and the laughter yeah. of it all. But it had been serious. And this is serious what you're saying, because this is not a time for us to take our black leaders and knock them all down. Look, Bill Cosby just destroyed Jello yeah. with one Placidil. Bill and you know the funny thing about Bill Cosby right now, he would be in right now. Of because course, because young women love old guys with pills. He would be in, but he he was out of time. He should have stayed in his lane. He's out of time. He should have stayed in his lane. And let me tell you something. I'm going to stay in my lane because I do yeah. Stacy shows and I have a great time. Do I not? Yeah, you do. You have a great time. And everybody always. I don't know what this means though. 
when they say to me afterwards, like, wow, man, you're really professional. Mm. Like, you're like the real deal. Doesn't mean I'm not funny. Well, what does that mean when they say that? Well, you know, I, <laughs> I think sometimes people see a person they perceive, and they say, well, you know what, I don't think they're going to be funny. You know what I mean? So, like, I kill it. So then when you get up there and you do your thing, like, oh, you really, you really got it. You, you know, because, so you, you know, that's how it happens. I didn't see that since I've been a couple people I didn't think it was gonna be funny and they like okay like Henry Coleman's a guy I didn't think well I said he's not funny but he is because his look you'd be like yeah he's not funny but he will blow you away you'd be like listen wow. there are names here we're doing a show called live from Santa Monica Boulevard here God willing and I have a favorite comic that people don't know and who's not a household name like Cat in the Hat who became big as Cat Williams. Williams. And I have this other guy, Scruncho. I'm a huge fan no of his. And you're not going to believe this. Stacy, I'm talking to him about, and he's like, he was on my show. Yeah, he was on my show all the time. Tell me what he was popular for doing. Uh, he was popular for doing, uh, he was Mike Epps' assistant pimp in uh, How High. You know what I'm saying? And, and he'd been in a bunch of movies, bunch of all of the BT comedy specials, the comedy view specials. He's hilarious. He got his own different kind of comedy. And it seemed to, is to love him. He, he's great. He's so funny, and he's yes, he built, and he keeps himself built. Yeah, and he's little. And he's so tiny. Yeah. And he's just he's just so much. And, and yeah. there's so much love that I have for black comedy because I never have the chance to do my grandmother jokes. Yeah. I never, And they love that they stuff. Love oh, my God. When I go to the grandmother. And the hair jokes. And the hair. They, they the love hair the hair jokes. jokes. And you they know love. something? This is mine, by the way. I wish it wasn't because this has been a journey. He's mm. been with me through the journey. Been a journey. Like, I'm getting my hair. I couldn't get my hair wet in New yeah. York. Yeah, it was humid. Everybody was upset. Don't get it yeah. wet. I hate to go back to the tour, but we're hoping that you guys know that we are definitely working our way towards something. Patterson, New Jersey, just opened a comedy club. I want to just shout out to Patterson because I'm hoping to God that Stacy and I will be there with the Straight Jackets of Comedy. As a matter of shout fact, out we're going to have. Yeah, we're gonna have two straight jackets. Tommy, uh, the Tommy Llama. You didn't do the show with him. No. Tommy Sabat will be on the show on the uh, at the Haha. Ha. You'll be on the show. Me, it's three of the straight jackets. Um, yeah, the only one that's not gonna be there is Peter because he's going to be away, and uh, that's it because the other one's no longer a comedian. So we are the original straight jackets of comedy. And let me tell you something. We had the place. It was just a zoo what we had going on. Super and it was fun. so much fun. Did you ever think you'd see me bungee jumping? Really? No. Jumping. Me. Remember that thing you were sliding on? Yeah, we, that was, um, what is that called when you, uh. What's it called when you slide down on a bungee thing? The, the rope when you're in the, on, on, on the post. Zipline. Zip That's yeah, what you, obviously, but out of Patterson, I don't know. Out of jail, no idea. I'd have never zipline. Only while I was ziplining, I was trying to get out of prison. I'd have been sliding down the gates, trying to slide out there. Let me get out of here. So that'd have been my zipline. No, I was ziplining for real. Let me get right to the point before we go. Recidivism. Do you think that comedy is a great recidiv, like a, a, a great cure for recidivism? Do you think well, that it me, can help it, people? For me, comedy has changed me because it gave me a purpose. It gives it gives me a reason to you know, uh, to be who I am. It gives me a, a to get on the stage to be able to show my talent. Better give his gift back to society as opposed to me taking from society for so many years. It better make people laugh now. It's like it's a gift. So it's like there's nothing greater that I want to do than get on the stage and tell jokes and make people laugh. And whatever they're going through in life, know that long as I'm they with me at this particular minutes in time, it's gone away from them. It's all about to laugh. How did you feel 
Do you remember how you felt the very first time you went on stage? Oh yeah, I remember. I, I, I you know, that's like you. It's like being a virgin. I remember my very first time. You know, I'm gonna tell you, she was older than me. But you want to hear that virgin? I was older then. I'm older now. <laughs> but I always had nice audience. Yeah. I always had yes, nice people yes, in the audience. Yes, Who did you meet yes. my first show? Uh, I met uh, Debbie Allen and uh, Norm Nixon and uh, there's a couple other people I can't remember. Uh, well, uh, uh, Jamie Masada, the uh, the owner of Laugh Factory, running Laugh Factory, and um, this other guy, his son was doing a recording for us. Oh, Harry Basil. Harry Basil, good guy, yeah. Yes, Harry Basil's, Harry Basil's a great guy. We just worked doubt. together, just worked Harry for him Basil. in Vegas. Without a doubt, yeah, yeah. Yes, I met a lot of people. And it was a lot of work, too. A lot of work, a lot of work behind the scenes. I wish that you would believe him because I run a tight ship. Yes. I make sure I have people that make sure it's run tight. That's right. Because Ray time. Bruni good kept dude. us. My partner. Right? Yeah, my partner, good dude. Fed me all the time. They be want to sleep all day. Ray be like, let's go eat. I be like, let's go, Ray. I'm with you. I'm up. Let's go eat. And then Ray be eating. They be in the sleep. How are we going to get up about 12 or 1? Okay, man, Ray, we already ate all right. We good. And it was good shit, too. And I had to pay. So, you know, black folks love free shit. <laughs> so I was there. Free? What time you need to be there? 9 o'clock? I'm there at 8.50. Already in line. Let's go. Always early. Always Stacey early. was always <laughs> early. And in addition to everything, mm. we had this great idea. Since I was not invited to his wedding, his original wedding was in a cell. In a cell. And Ray Bruni decided that this would be the right time for all of us to be present. That's right. And Stacy had another wedding. In Vegas. They paid for it and everything. White friends. Gotta love them. Even your half-white friends, you gotta, yes, love. gotta love. But them. now you see me more black, right? Uh, with the afro, you, you rocking, you leaning towards a little bit more now. You. Someone you know. says once again that I look like a black Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Is my nose that big now? Now it, you see it. See, it's the eyes. See, it's the eyes and, and the color that it's hard to just bring y'all away in. You know what I mean? They know it's like ah, she cut with something, <laughs> something. She not no, she not all the way one of us. You know, she got some of us, but she cut with something. But yeah, I have so a real heart, and we all have this. Right. We all bleed red. Right. Right. We all bleed Great red. Heart. Love you to death. Right? Love you to death. You know, I listen, if there's ever a chance for somebody to make money, that's when they love me. He loves yeah. me. I love you, and I ain't making no money right <laughs> now either. Good, Stacy. Thank love you, because I really, truly do appreciate you, appreciate and you I too. do love you. You and changed I, my life. Shit, I got to appreciate you. You changed my life, literally. Thank you. Without a doubt. And you change mine, and we're going to change other people's lives, and we're going to work with Andre Merritt with Laptop Mike in a Dream. And listen, you want to be funny on the playground when you're shooting dice, when you're gambling, when you're then do it somewhere. Let's have a place for the kids because, man, when you were going out with your girlfriend yeah. and her daughter had all those wigs, uh, you didn't realize there's a whole new scene of young people. Wigs. Please tell him share about the wigs. wigs see you know i left the street you know only old ladies wore wigs you know they had a hair problems you know i come back now it's like wigs was the new thing now sisters don't even wear their hair no more it's about the wig now i walked in walked in the house my stepdaughter had 15 20 mannequins with different wigs on them i said what the hell is this here and every wig she put on she had a new personality i swear to god she changed up i've said she's in texas now we didn't work out it was too many wigs too many personalities all of us can't live in this house. There's only three bedrooms. Tell them about the Beyonce. Oh, yeah. She, she put the Beyonce. She thought she was Beyonce. She got a little Beyonce. I said, <laughs> she talked bad to her. She walked in my house like she the star. You ain't paid the rent here. I just paid the rent. You better say hi to me. What's wrong with you? I snatched that wig off your head, girl. Please. Yeah, she was special. Yeah. I, love, I love her, but she was special. Yeah, wigs are something else. We And then, you know, I almost wrecked my car uh, five, six times since I've been driving. You thought you'd be driving? 
and you see like you think you see a dead animal in the street, you try to you don't want to run it over, and it's a big ass weave. You know what I'm saying? This is hair. I should have ran that shit over. That's Brooklyn. That's Brooklyn. Somebody that snatched the wig out the woman's hair. They didn't. Got out of fighting in the middle of the street. Got a wig snatched out. Hair all in the street. Thinking it's a dead animal. I'm about to wreck my car. This is crazy. It's crazy. Fake hair is crazy. It is. It, it really is. is. But I you need some what? fake hair. My shit thinning right now. I don't know what happened. God is. Let me tell you about God. God is a, 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 a bad comedian. Cause he take my hair from up here and puts it everywhere else. Put it in my ears. I don't need no hair in my ears. Shit coming in my nose, on my back, out of my ass. Why I need hair in my ass? Because now you're Jewish. That's crazy. I don't need hair up my ass. And listen to you. I don't need hair up my ass. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't hear up my ass. I don't need it. Why? Put it right here, God. Put the same hair on my ass now. Up here, I can rock a wave. I can. I have a real lineup and everything. Let me tell you something. Your wife is very, very blessed. You guys met in jail. She believed in you then. And uh, we believe in you now, Thank and you. there's great things coming for Stacy. You Thank guys, you. you know, can follow me at Talk Show on the Go and at Sunda Live. And, of course, always come to the L.A. School of Comedy, laschoolofcomedy.com. And uh, listen, if you have a kid that, you know, you think is funny from anywhere, you just don't have the finances, just find a way to get in touch with me at L.A. School of Comedy. And, uh, Stacy, where can they find you? They can find me on uh, Facebook as uh, Stacy Taylor Sr., and on Instagram is uh, Stacy underscore comedian, and uh, you can Google my name. I, I, you can Google me. Now. Ain't that something? Stacy Taylor comedian. My whole life story will pop up if you Google that right now. So, and it's now gonna we're gonna see who's going to invest in this television special that we're gonna do, because he's feloniously funny, and I'm sure there's many felons out there who we can fix one giggle at a time. One giggle at a time. And I'm there for you, man. We're going to do something special. There's Thank other Stacys out there that oh, need to be saved. Doubt. Without a doubt. You know? Without a doubt. Always chase your dreams. Always chase your dreams, Always man. Always chase your dreams. Just don't chase them on Xanax because they'll be chasing you back. All right, guys. This talk show has been on the go. Thank you, Wes. You've been great. <laughs>